0: Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to say as a disclaimer that none of what I say in this podcast is actual advice. If you really feel like you have a mental health disorder or are dealing with anything personally, please seek out professional help. That is the best resource for everyone and again, none of what I say in this podcast is anything professional or any type of advice. So, thank you guys. Let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to the sum of life podcast i'm your host liam scully and in today's episode i had Brielle Melanga on for the second time actually first guest to ever come on two times and the story that she told was really a hard one to hear and to listen to and although i've heard in the past it never gets easier anytime but i just want to thank brielle so much for being extremely open about the whole story and her story about suicide especially because last week was Suicide Prevention Week, and one of the days, I believe Thursday, September 10th, was Worldwide Suicide Prevention Day. And just her being so open about her story, I think can help a lot of people that are going through similar situations. And maybe you'll hear at times too, but it was hard to find the words almost to say that I wanted to say during the actual episode itself to let the listeners know what exactly I was thinking. But it is more or less this, that suicide is or should be not an option ever. There's always professional help. Therapists are pretty much in every town across America. And there are always people that can give you reasons and tell you that things will get better because they they actually will. And I, for one, can say that myself, and I know Brielle can say that herself as well. It should never be an option. And if you're thinking about it, please tell someone. And bring attention to your thoughts with other people, because once other people know, they can help you. And mental illness, a lot of the time, you just need to talk about it, and you just need to hear that feedback. And again, I'm no professional, so I always recommend going to see a professional, especially if suicide is on your mind. If you need any advice on how to reach a professional, I have even made a podcast episode called Finding the Right Therapist, where you can use websites like psychologytoday.com to find a psychologist, psychiatrist, or any type of help you need within your range. So again, I hope I get that message across now and maybe in the episode itself that it should never be an option and there's always help out there. And I have a bunch of resources below as well. And again, thank you to Brielle for coming on and sharing her story. It's a great one. And I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. All right, everyone, Brielle Malenga is back (laughs) as our first guest to come back two times on the show brielle thanks so much for coming
1: (laughs) i'm so honored thank you liam for having me again
0: uh so we today are talking about something very serious because i think is today the last day i think it is of or maybe yesterday was suicide prevention week week yeah yeah in the united states and this past thursday was i think worldwide suicide prevention day yes was that september 10th
1: the 10th yeah
0: yeah so Brielle actually made a post about it on Instagram outlining just a, a brief story about her personal experience with suicide. So I thought it was really good because it's only like two or three paragraphs. She kept it short and sweet. And so I think we both had the idea to for Brielle to just say her story that she put on Instagram. So she's just going to start off by reading that.
1: Okay, thank you, Liam, by the way. That was very nice <laughs> of you to say. Okay, so my post said, I am a suicide attempt survivor. That's the first time I have ever admitted to that. Why? Because of the stigma and the judgment that comes with suicide. For years, I have have avoided admitting to what I was actually trying to do because I didn't want anyone to know. I was embarrassed until now. 10 days after my 18th birthday, I attempted suicide. Why? I don't know. I wish I could tell you what exactly led me to that point, but I can't, and that's the scary part. There was no real reason. I didn't have a plan. I woke up that day like any other and by night I had been admitted into the ICU. Today, or is September tenth, was World Suicide Prevention Day, and I decided to post this for the first time on a public platform, not for attention, but as a dedication to all of those to sorry, to all of those <laughs> who have lost their lives to suicide. Only half of Americans who experience major depression receive treatment. Each year, a quarter million people become suicide attempt survivors in the United States alone. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in the world for people aged 15 to 24 years old. Globally, there is one death by suicide every 40 seconds. The mind is a powerful thing, and no one should ever suffer in silence. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 800-273-8255. You are loved and you are valued. You are not alone in your struggles and you never were. Let's break the stigma. It's okay to not be okay. My DMs are always (laughs) open.
0: And I I thought that was so good because it it was a worldwide or worldwide prevention, suicide prevention day. And you kept it short and sweet. And you also, you told like a little bit of your story and then you put out some facts. And you basically showed that you're still that you're a survivor, yeah. And you're saying I'm still here. I went through it all, and you did exactly what we were supposed to do on that day, which is prevent other people from going down similar paths, but hopefully ending up where you are now, which is in a better place.
1: Exactly. So
0: I, that's why I thought that post was awesome.
1: Well, thank and you so much.
0: I think you got a a pretty nice response from it too. I'm I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I did. I actually got a lot of nice messages and a lot of nice comments, like. I'm not going to lie. I had to put my phone down for like 30 minutes right after because I was like, oh my God. But <laughs> yeah. I knew it was for a good reason. And I knew it would be worth it for at least one person. And just the feedback that I got just made me feel like it was worth it because I just feel like even in the past like year, people have become more open to the conversation, whereas like I don't think I would have made that post a year ago. Mm-hmm. I appreciate all the feedback that I got from everybody. Yeah,
0: I think it's extremely powerful, just knowing that you might have saved a life that day, exactly. just by someone who read that.
1: Yeah, I actually had some girl that like majority of the comments like I knew, and majority of the DMs I knew the people or like knew who they were. But some one girl never even heard of her commented, and I was like. Mm-hmm. cool like I guess I did reach out to somebody I got in a, in a way I don't know <laughs> yeah no,
0: that's awesome no, And yeah. that's really like the whole point so today I think we're going to be talking about pretty much like the events that Moving led up. to that yeah. S- situation yeah so I'm really just gonna let let um sorry I stumbled my words <laughs> I'm <laughs> really that. just gonna let Brielle have the mic here to tell her story so yeah thanks so much for sharing for being so open about it and I look forward to hearing the whole thing, even though I already know probably most of the parts. But <laughs> it never gets old, anyway. So
1: yeah, thank you, um, and thank you for letting me have this time on your podcast.
0: Oh, of course, anytime.
1: Because, like I said, when I reached out to you a week ago or whatever it was. I've been looking for the opportunity to explain like the way I was treated by my high school because that's what I'm mainly going to be talking about today because looking back to like the year before my hospitalization for my suicide attempt like that year my parents got me the doctors they took me to the appointments they did everything that they knew to do as parents and my high school failed me and it's not them that made me get to that point but I can't help but wonder how many kids have died by suicide because the system failed them too. So I'm going to try and say this as clear and concise as I can without going too off into the deep end. So I guess I'll just start with Liam had me on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I mainly talked about my anxiety that I had. I was diagnosed when I was a sophomore in high school. My school was informed about it at the time. So it's not like come my senior year, they were just finding out about my diagnosis for the first time. I was prescribed medication, didn't take it. And then my senior year came around and I was dealing with a lot. And my primary doctor decided to prescribe me um antidepressants because i was struggling going to school so that's like the first memory i have like the beginning of it all i'll say is i was prescribed medication i was struggling going to school and this was about the month of september like we were only in school for like a couple weeks and i already had 10 absences or something like that and there were days that i would get out of bed get dressed shower like do what i needed to do drive all the way to school park in my parking spot and then start hyperventilating, and then turn around and call my mom and say, I'm coming home, I can't do it today, to the point where there are other days where I just couldn't even get out of bed. So I was prescribed this medication, and it was Zoloft at the time. So I was struggling going to school, and when I wasn't, like, getting better with the medication, we decided to, like, talk to my school about it, like, that's the next step. So we reached out to my school, my high school, And when I refer to my high school throughout this conversation, I'm talking about the school administration because I will say that the majority of my teachers were very supportive in what I was going through because they were all informed except for like my gym teacher because he didn't really matter, but um, (laughs) no offense. But (laughs) anyway, we reached out to my school and they were like, yeah, like we understand like whatever. So why don't you leave school? get help and come back. And we were like, okay, like any suggestions? They recommended this outpatient program in Parsippany called High Focus. So I went to this place called High Focus where I was there for like six hours a day and I was doing my schoolwork for part of the day. And then for the other part of the day, I was in like group therapy with other kids, like in high school who were struggling with similar things, like, and who were also not in school because of these things that they were dealing with. But the point of this program was to get the kids back into school. This was around October of my senior year. My school told me to leave. So that was all great. I left. I was in this program thinking that I'm getting my life together, whatever. At that time, too, like I had my friends like reach out to me and be like, why aren't you coming to school? Like, what's going on? And like, I explained to them from what I can remember is just that I like was dealing with anxiety. Like I'm in this program, like I'll be back. Like, don't worry about it. Like, whatever. Like I played it down and because I even didn't think it was that big of a deal, but it was. So I was in this program and I was in this program until like December. It was like a week before winter break that I was going to go back to school. Like that was like the my program, like how it was set up, however that works. Like that was like the week that I had to go back to school. So I went back to school the week before winter break. Like I said, I was like, okay, because it was only a week of school and I did my thing, whatever and then we had winter break, and then January came around. I started really struggling with going back to school again. I stopped going to high focus, and I was still in contact with my psychiatrist, different therapists, just like a lot going on. And I know I'm kind of going fast right now, but because I'm trying to speed up to the part where it's really important. So like I said, I was in that outpatient program. I left school, and then I came back, was still struggling. My parents like had a meeting with my school again and was like, Okay, we did what you told us to do. Now what? Like it she's still struggling. Like what do we do as parents? Like they were looking to my school for advice. Basically, they were like, "Well, you have uh, like two options either like A, she stays in this school and she has no privileges at all, or she leaves." And my parents, being that they paid thousands and thousands of dollars for me to go to this school, for the past 12 years of my life, and I only had a couple months left, they were like, okay, well, we don't want to take her out. So what do you mean? Like, no privileges, whatever. And that's when my school administration, the president of my school, if you will, and I think everyone will know who I'm talking about when I say that, um, said, yes, well, when I say no privileges, I mean, she's not allowed to go to prom. She's not allowed to drive to school. She can't be on school grounds before seven o'clock or after three o'clock. She can't participate in sports. She can't do this. She can't do that. But the bigger thing was, oh, and she can't walk at graduation. And my parents- What a way
0: to make an anxious person, (laughs) an anxious person more anxious.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So that's exactly where I'm getting at, basically. So my parents were like, okay, well, she has to drive to school. She's not going to come if she can't drive to school. So I got that privilege back. My parents were like, okay, whatever about prom. So I didn't go to prom. I went to prom pictures with my friends, dressed in normal clothes. Like, I would have gone to prom, but I had anxiety and depression. So I, w- I couldn't go to prom. So, like, that's how that worked out.
0: I didn't go either, so.
1: Yeah. We, we were chill. And want know what's funny. Okay, not to be like, whatever. But I was prom princess junior <laughs> year, and then they didn't let me go senior year. Like, okay, whatever. I'm kidding, but. <laughs> I'm just a little salty still, but whatever. Anyway, I went to Sparta prom. So Sparta prom was way better. So shout out Jack Boucher for bringing me to the better prom. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you. So my parents just forgot about prom. They're like, whatever. But I was stack girl for the lacrosse team. And I was like all four years. And I like did really well with that. And like the lacrosse coach like really liked me. And like I was doing a good thing for the school. So my parents argued for that. And I was allowed to do that. But everything else like was forgotten about and my parents just looked at it as, we'll worry about the graduation thing later because it was like February, like there was still time to fight, whatever. My senior year went on and I got into University of Delaware in March, which was my choice school. And I put my $500 down that day and I had like this plan after high school. So that like was getting me through school. And I was still struggling going to school a little bit. Like I said, there were days that I didn't even get out of bed. There were days when I drove all the way to school, ready to go, and then just couldn't do it. I went into school late a lot. I left early a lot. I just, school gave me a lot of anxiety. The way that my school then responded to my anxiety just gave me more anxiety because it was like they didn't even want me there. After I got into Delaware, my School Administration, like the President, whatever you want to call him, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> he wrote Delaware and was like, "Yeah, I don't think um she's deserving of her acceptance, blah, blah blah blah. like literally like tried writing to my college to like take back my acceptance, but or at least that's so I've been told there was I don't have any proof of that, but that's what I heard. and I wouldn't be surprised because around that time that I heard that too. I was wearing like my De- like my Delaware sweatshirt in the hallway, and he came up to me and was like, that sweatshirt, it's mine now. And I gave him my sweatshirt, and I never saw it again. Yeah, so then- High school, man. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I went there, but it brought me to people like you, right, Lee? Oh,
0: uh, yeah, there we go, <laughs> big positive.
1: Yes, but anyway, so my senior year continued on, and I was still having all these issues, with anxiety and depression and the days that I like didn't go to school I was like in bed until like six o'clock at night rotting away like as I was so depressed that like day-to-day things I couldn't do and my school like made that 10 times worse than it had to be because at the end of the day I only did what they told me to do and it ended up coming back to bite me at the end of the year so then around May, when like graduation was around the corner, or actually, no, I think it was in like March, I forget. It was like after that meeting, like my parents weren't going to tell me about the graduation thing. But then they told me and I like was so angry, I wanted to leave the school and all this stuff. And my parents were like, don't worry about it. We're going to fight the fight. That's what they always said is we're going to fight the fight. And mm-hmm. so then come May, prom it sucked that I couldn't go but I was like whatever we're all I all I care about is graduation and so May was when I like started getting better with going to school and it was May not that it really matters but like at that point it didn't matter if I was good or bad with going to school because there was nothing I could do to make them let me go and something I really struggled with in May the month of May was like hearing all my friends talk about graduation dresses and like their plan like who's coming and like all this stuff and i would just like think to myself like yeah i can't go because i have a mental illness and my school doesn't think that that's like a reason to be out of school because mind you there was people in our grade who had more absences than me our senior year for a physical illness and they had no problem going to graduation. so because of that it was like the week or two leading up to graduation my parents hired a lawyer and I'm extremely grateful to this day that they did because this is the only reason why I was able to go to graduation my parents hired a lawyer and filed for discrimination against the mental illness because that is illegal like I don't know the technicality really I haven't looked into it but You can't make rules for some people and like excuse them for some people, like exclude others. Like you can't say like, oh yeah, like you can be out of school over a hundred days for that, but you can't be out of school for a hundred days for this. Like that's literally not fair. And in the public school system, there's a thing called no child left behind, but because our school was a private school, like they could do whatever they wanted. Like that's not fair. And Mm -hmm. so my parents hired the lawyer and we had a court date set up. And then the night before the court date, the other thing was, is, like, I literally bought, like, graduation dresses and stuff, not knowing if I was going to go because the court date was, like, two days before graduation. So I had to be, like, ready regardless of whether or not I was going to go because I wasn't going to have time to, like, shop around or whatever. So I, like, got ready for graduation but still had this, like, idea in my head that I might still not be going and – the night before the court date, the president of our school called my mom and was like, "Yeah, um, Brielle can go to graduation, but she has to make up every absence that she had in the summer during the school year in the summer. Like that's that's the compromise, whatever." And my mom was like, "Okay, fine, great. Like she can go to graduations. That that's great. We'll deal with the summer school later." So I went to graduation. It was great, and then everyone met in the old gym after to get their diploma, and our principal pulled me aside and was like, you know you're not getting yours today, right? (laughs) Like, you're not getting yours until after you do your summer school. And I was like, yeah, I know, thanks. (laughs) Like, whatever, like, you're so, oh, and things get funnier. They took my name out of the program, I was always in the class of twenty twenty, but like they took. Or twenty sixteen, you mean? Oh yeah, sorry. (laughs)
0: Sorry.
1: (laughs) The class of twenty sixteen. Whoever was above me and whoever was below me, like there was just no name. They literally took. They tried to edit me out of like the grade and.
0: Even in the were was your name in the pamphlet?
1: no that's what i'm saying like my my name wasn't yeah my name wasn't in the pamphlet i don't know know if i ever knew
0: that before that's crazy yeah
1: yeah um and i didn't know that either until like a week later like my parents didn't tell me because like i didn't get the pamphlet because like i was in graduation
0: did they call you up or no
1: yeah they did but my name wasn't in the pamphlet like it straight up wasn't in the pamphlet
0: that's unbelievable
1: yeah and also like you know how like it's supposed to be like high order when you, like, Mm -hmm. walk down the aisle or whatever, I'm, like, not tall, and anyone who knows me knows I'm not tall, but because of, like, the whole court date thing, I joined, like, um, graduation practice, like, later than the first day or whatever, so I, like, was stuck in the back, and it was, like, so (laughs) obvious, like, that I was just, like, plopped in, and yeah, so they they called Something my name <laughs> else
0: that's really bad for someone with anxiety
1: yeah <laughs> then really, you make I, them stick out I honestly didn't even think about that but that's so true I really did I stuck out like a sore thumb but jokes on them because I had mono during graduation and I was on codeine for graduation <laughs> <laughs> for pain don't like I'm not like a weirdo whatever but jokes on them so like you know like that hour between like the baccalaureate mass and like graduation like everyone goes out to lunch like I literally uh-huh. went home to take more codeine because I was in so much pain from yeah. mono yeah it was terrible
0: like the worst sore throat ever isn't yeah it?
1: it was so bad yeah like, my that's sore all I remember throat, from it my sore throat was so bad I went to the hospital like one day and they literally like had to give me like a shot in the butt <laughs> for pain, it was so bad. Yeah, they like, gave me
0: uh, codeine too. I for I just didn't. I never took it.
1: Yeah, no, I was in that much pain, and normally, like my mom, like when I got my wisdom teeth out, my mom like didn't even give me the stuff. So like normally, my mom is like sketch about that, but like I was that sick, and then I had to go to summer school the following week, and I had mono. So also like background information. So like my school said that I had to make up uh all the my absences in the summer originally I didn't have to because all my absences were excused. Like the absences that I had from being in that outpatient program called high focus, those were all excused. You're allowed like 10 absences. So that was like another 10. And then every like Saturday school counts as like five absences or something. So I did a bunch of Saturdays too, to like make up so that I was like technically like completely caught up. I did all the schoolwork I needed to like the only reason I had to go to summer school was because my school said so. And they were holding my diploma like over my head, like, hey, hey, like yeah. we have this and you have to follow whatever we say in order to get it. So I started summer school like the following week after graduation. And I remember I didn't go that Monday. Perfect start to summer school, right? Skipping the first day, but um, <laughs> I didn't go that Monday cause I had, I had mono and I was so sick, but then I went that Tuesday and they literally stuck me in that, like, first room on the left in the senior hallway by myself. I didn't have any work to do, so I literally brought, like, my iPad and was watching Netflix from 8 until 3 o'clock every day. And I had to, like, go to the office at 3 o'clock and be like, okay, I'm leaving now because it was such, like, a fake summer school that, like, I it was literally, like, detention. And... Moral of the story is, what is the worst thing you could do to a depressed, anxious person? Yeah,
0: seriously. Leave them alone with their thoughts for like, what was that? Um, Eight hours a day?
1: Yeah, eight hours a day. And I had, I think it was like 17. It was over three weeks that I had to do. So the fourth day. So like I said, I skipped the first Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I went by myself. And by the fourth day, I was like, screw this. Like, it's really starting to get to me. So I asked my dad, I was like, dad, will you please just come with me today? Like, blah, 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 just so I don't have to sit there by myself. My dad, being the great father that he is, came with me. Like, looking back, I'm like, wow, like, what a great dad. He came with me to summer school that day, and he saw how I was just sitting there all by myself for eight hours a day doing nothing. And he was like, this is horrible.
0: My mm-hmm.
1: my daughter is going to end up hospitalized. He literally said that. So. He and I, at the end of that day, that Friday of the first week, we went into the main office and we're going to tell the principal that we were leaving. And my dad said to them like, okay, we're leaving, but I'm going to tell you that my daughter's going to end up hospitalized because of you people. My wife and I hired the lawyer, not her. So why are you punishing her? Let my wife and I do the summer school. My dad literally said that, let us do the summer school. And my principal just goes, okay. So at that moment, that's when, like, I knew it was like BS all along, but the fact that they were willing to let my parents go to summer school for me at the end of the day, that just shows that they were in it for their own power and they were in it for their own game. So I went home that day and I didn't go to summer school the rest of the time. And my parents went to summer school for me and then they ended up being strategic back towards them. So after like a week or two or whatever it was, my parents were like, okay, we're done with summer school. And like my school was like, no, you still have this many days. And my mom was like, no, I was here this day and he was here that day. So that's two days. (laughs) So my parents doubled up the days. And then when they argued that, that even more so just shows how ridiculous it was. And my parents always said that they think that the principal of our school, like, felt bad for us because at the end of the day, he just had to listen to the head of our school. Mm-hmm. And like, I think there's no coincidence that the principal of our school like moved to Ohio after our year. Like,
0: uh, I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah, he literally like is <laughs> like just nowhere. Dipped. Yeah, he literally <laughs> dipped probably because of the way he saw because. Genuinely, like, I don't think that our principal, like, I think he was just under the wrath of the head of yeah. whatever.
0: I think the and, most ridiculous part, sorry to um, no, go ahead. interrupt you, but that they made the two parents who were paying and have paid for, like, 12 four e- four, yeah 12 years at that point, yeah. because you went to the elementary, middle, and yeah. high school, yeah. to sit there <laughs> as, quote-unquote, summer school for parents so yep. that they could get that time for you. Yep. Why at that point would you just not say, maybe we do like, we're starting to understand a little more that this is like very serious or something. Yeah. Something along those lines <laughs> yeah. to not have the people that are paying you
1: It's literally to sit like, in
0: a classroom for like seven or eight hours a day. I
1: know. It's literally absurd when you like think about it.
0: I, I, uh, I don't like even I know any other place last. that would do that.
1: No, but the funny thing is too, so my dad's a musician so he like literally like brought his trumpet and like practiced the trumpet and like used the music room. Like my parents were like then like, all right, you're gonna make us sit here, then we're gonna like make yeah, use of this time. Like yeah. it was absurd. And then after like my parents were done with summer school, they were like, Yeah, tell Brielle she can come get her diploma tomorrow, like whatever. And I said to my mom and dad, I was like if I go into that school, I promise you, I will say very mean things when I get my diploma. Mm-hmm. So I think it's better that you just get it and I stay home. So my parents got the diploma for me. That was it with my high school. And like I said, in the beginning, I've been searching for a way to explain what happened with me in my high school, but never like knew wh- like where to go with it. It's not like like a Facebook post didn't seem worthy enough. And like, it's not like I'm going to go to the newspapers because honestly, I don't know that many people read the newspapers anymore. Like my dad gets the newspapers, but I don't really ever see him reading them. Like, (laughs) so I just thought that this was my opportunity and it being suicide awareness month or week. I thought this was the time and also just to finish. So I got my diploma in the beginning of July and then 10 days after my 18th birthday, like I said earlier, I attempted suicide. And whenever I do open up to somebody about this, which before like going on Instagram or coming on this podcast, like the only people that knew about this part in my life were like people very close to me. And I don't know what led me to that point. It's not like one thing led me to that point or like whatever. And like I think that's what speaks volumes about like, my experience, because anytime you hear of someone dying by suicide, and that's also something I'm learning to say is dying by suicide, like, when, when you say someone committed suicide, it's, like, they committed murder, like, they committed fraud, they're already, like, something tragic happened, and it shouldn't be looked at in, like, such a, like, malicious way is, like, against them, Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm starting to learn to say like they died by suicide. So so where I was going though is that it makes me wonder how many people who have died by suicide didn't have a thought, didn't have a plan. It just one day came over them and it took their life. And because everyone always thinks that it's such a selfish thing. And like I'm sick and tired of hearing that su- suicide is selfish because what's selfish is that you're now making it about you. They're gone. Like the fact that they're gone is tragic. It's not selfish what they did. It's tragic what they did. It's tragic that we couldn't see that they were struggling so bad before that we couldn't like do anything about it before they got to that point. So it just makes me wonder how many people, Robin Williams, Kate Spade, like you really think they're thinking to themselves like, oh, I'm Robin Williams. Oh, I'm Kate Spade. Like I have all these million fans and admirers. No, what they're thinking is I'm in so much pain right now. And this is all I know how to do to stop it. And something I came across the other day on Instagram, when I was like scrolling through like different, like suicide prevention posts, it's like, for me, I can relate to this a lot is like, I didn't genuinely want to die. I just wanted my life to end the way that I knew it. Like I wanted to end the struggle that I was in and I wanted to start again. And that was the only way I knew how, and it was impulsive and there was no thought in it. Yeah.
0: I think that kind of, I mean, obviously I don't know. The last thoughts that went through people who did um, die from suicide, but I can imagine it's something similar, especially because I mean, I'll, I'll get into my story in like a future episode about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's more or less at least for me it was like a place that you're in and not I don't know how to, it's hard to explain because mm-hmm. it's not really like like you said you don't really have a plan it kind of just comes up and you're just like yeah that that kind of sounds like what I should be doing or something yeah. or so yeah I I would have to agree
1: no exactly and like kind of going off what you're saying like it, it is so hard to explain because suicide is so complex just like suicide ideation i don't even know if i'm pronouncing that word right i like feel like i'm pronouncing it wrong right it, that's how you say it suicide I ideation. think so yeah <laughs> but um it's a spectrum like i had these thoughts throughout my senior year of i want to die but because i wasn't like oh i want to kill myself or i want to do this like because there was no plan because there was no more in depth of besides, oh, I just want to die. I didn't think of myself as suicidal. So I never even brought it up in my therapy. I never brought it up to my doctors or anything because I just thought like, oh, I just want to die. Like that's casual. But like, no, like if you feel that way, there's a spectrum of suicide ideation. And it goes from just wanting to die to actually making plans about it. Cause there are people that make plans about it. And As someone who didn't make a plan, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine how badly the ones that do make plans are struggling to me. The way I say it is like, I can't understand that because I haven't been in that position. But all I know is that they must be struggling so much. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, the point is that suicide is way more complex than we, like you and I realize like every, Mm -hmm. every story is different. And going back to the post that I made on Suicide Prevention Day, like I put some statistics and it was like a quarter million people become suicide attempt survivors in the United States alone, like every year or something like that. And I don't know, that's that stuck out to me a lot because there are so many survivors amongst you, like around you and you don't even know it. Like I had three people comment on my post at least three people comment on my post saying that they were survivors too and like I didn't I think I like knew I had an idea about the one and whatever like it doesn't really matter but the point is is that I didn't truly realize that they had been through a similar thing as I did and the fact that they shared that with me is like huge but like it also made me realize like your energy speaks volumes, and that's why I think it's so important to be kind to every single person you meet because you truly don't know what someone's dealing with. The reason why I wanted to talk about, like, my like, what the way my high school treated me today was we all have a role in this, and I'm grateful that my parents were there for me and they got the doctors that I needed. I'm grateful that my teachers were supportive of me, and I'm grateful of my friends who reached out to me, but like. It's still all it takes is that one factor to lead someone to do something, a permanent solution well, yeah, to a temporary problem. Exactly. Yeah. And one more thing that I'm actually just remembering, the lawyer thing with my high school, I always forget one detail. I always manage to forget one detail, but I think it's a big deal. It's detail. My psychiatrist, when I wasn't allowed to go to graduation, wrote my school, like the route that we took before getting the lawyer, he wrote to my school like the head of my school and said that it'd be detrimental to my mental health to not let me go to graduation and my head of my school didn't care and what's crazy about that is like could you imagine like you I always compare it to physical illness could you imagine like your like physical doctor like your primary doctor writing like oh it'd be detrimental to so-and-so's health to have peanut butter in the classroom and they're like oh I don't care Like, okay, we're just gonna have peanut butter in the classroom. And like, I know that's an extreme example to use, but like, it's almost not because I mean, I survived something that could have ended very differently.
0: Mm -hmm. And obviously, this is a very tough story to hear. And a lot of the listeners are probably gonna be really shaken by it, I'm assuming. And it might sound like, uh, like you're giving like reasons almost to thinking that way. But I want people to know that this is just her story. And the, the great part is, is that we're here right now talking about it.
1: Exactly. And, exactly. and also kind of going like with what you're saying, like as much as like the way my school treated me was terrible, part of my journey that I've had and without this part of my journey, I don't know if I would have been a psychology major in college. Like the reason why I declared psych is for a lot of reasons. But for one of the reasons is that I don't know what I want to do exactly. Like I might be a school psychologist. I don't know. My point is that I don't want anybody to be treated the way I was treated by my school, by whatever, like nobody should have been treated the way I was treated and no one should be told that they're worthless because they're not. And mm-hmm. everybody has value in this world. And I think my value is now bringing awareness to the experiences that I've had to help others and I'm sure you you have your purpose now with the podcast like everybody has their mm-hmm. value in this world you just have to find it
0: yep and if you haven't found it yet you still have a bunch of time I'm assuming
1: yeah exactly. to find
0: it and to figure things out
1: yeah I saw this quote the other day I was like you don't have to have it figured out every moment of every day or whatever
0: yeah and like you're just a you human
1: yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly or like That's
0: you don't, don't have to not be yeah. anxious, like exactly remote, yeah, something along those lines.
1: Like you're allowed to feel your feelings. You're allowed to take your time. Like, just don't give up.
0: Exactly, and just because we are running out of time, but I yeah. I want to stress uh, the importance of solutions or possible solutions. Yes. Uh, so do you want to just give like a couple ideas, maybe? Maybe just um, ideas that uh, would have made things better for you, like during that uh, time, um, or like what what would make things better for someone going through a similar situation or thinking about suicide?
1: Well, something that I think needs to change a lot is just the way like psychology and like therapy is held handled in the school system. Like I had a school therapist through my school, but like she was on their side the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so I think like a solution would have been like someone on the school board who actually advocated for me and Something like that I'll say also to to like anyone in that position is like sometimes like you have to advocate for yourself, and I know that's hard when you're in that position, but like as low as I felt, I still knew that they were treating me wrong. No one should treat you that way. The way you speak to yourself matters. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot is the way Definitely. you speak to yourself matters, so like don't give in to what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. whoever it may be, whether it's your school or bullies or whatever.
0: And a lot of people that are thinking about that extreme of suicide, even if you don't have any type of support system,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can always, always reach out to the the suicide prevention hotline. There are so many resources. I'm going to put a ton below in the show notes. There is always someone there that will tell you that it is not your time to go yet.
1: Absolutely, And I want
0: everyone to know that. If there's one person that needs to tell you or two people, it's me and Brielle, right here. Yeah, exactly. That it's it's not your time yet. Everything in the past is in the past. There's there's so much more ahead for you and for everyone. Yeah. And don't give it any expectations because things can change so quickly. Yes.
1: That's like I saw a quote today, and it was like, "I think you should keep going just to see what happens." Like,
0: yep. yeah, that's there's so much
1: unknown in the future, and like when you feel these ways, like, it's easy to think like, oh, what if things go wrong? But like, what if things go right? Because there's so much potential for things to go right for you. And you just have to be here to see that.
0: Mm -hmm. And again, if it does like cross your mind, just make sure you're, you tell someone because even though that is extremely hard for a lot of people to get it out there is a huge relief to get it out of your head, yeah and just let someone else have that awareness too that you're thinking about it even yes is huge so
1: yeah i think that needs to be emphasized a lot definitely like like i was saying before like i was thinking these things and because i wasn't thinking other things i thought i was okay but if there's any sense of like wanting to whatever like not be here like you should tell someone even if you're afraid because you shouldn't feel that way at all, and mm-hmm. I promise that somebody cares. And yeah,
0: and that you can get out of that mindset. Absolutely. And again, I'm sitting here talking with a living example. Yes. So thank you. But I, obviously, very tough to hear. Yeah. But thank yes. you so much for sharing all of that. That was uh, great, and I think that's gonna be a hit of an episode. <laughs> I guess I should say. Yeah. Um,
1: well, thank you, and well, thank I, you. Them-
0: oh yeah go ahead sorry
1: well thank you very much for letting me come on here and using your podcast as a way to
0: yeah of course and
1: because this was perfect this was exactly how I because I wanted it to be a genuine explanation like I didn't want it to be just some like as much as I did make a post on Instagram the other day I wanted it to be well thought out and
0: yeah and i like this i like the way of doing it on a podcast cuz it's it's real it's raw exactly it's in real time you telling your story and exactly. the whole thing is just a conversation
1: yes absolutely. which
0: i think will hit home with most people who listen yes. to it so but yeah Thanks again, Brielle, for being yes. the first well, guest to come on two times.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for having me again, Liam. It yep,
0: and now you're first in the race for coming on three times. First <laughs> yeah. guest to come on three times. <laughs>
1: Can't wait. <laughs> That'll definitely be me. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, okay. yeah, but uh, thanks again, Brielle. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me again, Liam
0: thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. And if you want to learn more or find out more about me and what I'm doing, you can go to my website at sumoflife.org. There you can click on the contact page and find my email, which is liamscully at sumoflife.org. Or you can just find my Twitter handle, which is at sumoflifepodcast. Also on my website, you can find my Patreon page and there you can find a $1, $2 and $5 tier. Each of those are per episode basis. So basically whenever I release an episode, you can pay me $1, $2 or $5 Obviously, I would appreciate any amount. And I don't expect you guys to do it right away. Hopefully, you gain my trust and my support and what I'm doing for the show. And maybe you guys will be able to financially support me in the future. And again, I would appreciate that so much. Also, just wanted to give a huge shout out to my two really good friends, Trip Russo and Brian Turcott. Trip Russo is my graphic designer. He did all the designs for my podcast and Brian Turcott mixes my beats and audio for my intro and outro especially. Just want to say thank you to those guys and you can find out more. information for them on my website as well and lastly i just want to say that i have a youtube channel too that's doing only love and kindness meditations and there you can find 10 minute guided loving kindness meditations that youtube channel is called sum of life also but yeah thank you guys again for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time see ya